0: combat that will alleviate it. The doctors had her wrap her legs up tightly and that causes it, it to go down sometimes, you know, just a little bit, but right, it, it, it doesn't well, go back to normal.
1: Yeah, and all the doctors are doing are try to cover up the symptoms. This is actually a sign of heart disease, and it's not a good sign either. Okay. And, and here's the thing. There's okay. no quick, easy fix for this. You know, there isn't some herb or some supplement that I'm going to, you know, say, well, just take this. It'll fix it. We look at the whole history. She has diabetes and high blood pressure. Both of those are just, you know, a lifetime of a poor diet. And the heart disease is just part of that whole thing. Um, In fact, there's a name for all of them together. Um, Metabolic syndrome is, is what they call it because... All of these things are the result of eating that same high carbohydrate, you know, high processed food diet for decades. And the only fix, really, I, I don't want to give you any thoughts that you know there's going to be an easy fix. The only fix is she has to stop eating that way. And I, I, you know, I don't know how motivated you know somebody at seventy-five is going to be. But if if you wanted to help her. It would be to move away from those processed, high-carbohydrate foods. You know, being a diabetic, the diet that they put her on is the absolute worst diet she should be on. Um, She should be on a high-fat keto diet. And that's really about the only thing that's going to start to turn all of these symptoms around because they're all related.
0: Okay, I sure appreciate that. I will let
1: them know. You're welcome. Thanks for the call. Yeah, I I wish there were, you know, nutrients or supplements for Kim that I could say, well, try this, it's going to help, but it's really not. Mm -hmm. You know, these are serious Mm -hmm. symptoms of, again, that she has the whole cluster of metabolic syndrome. You know, it starts with diabetes, high blood pressure, then we get to heart disease, and then we start to see... You know all of the other things that go wrong, and you know she is 75 years old. But there are lots of well, not lots, but there are healthy 75-year-olds. There's there's no reason why we can't be healthy at 75. And there's no reason you many
2: more years to live.
1: Yeah, and there's no reason you can't turn this around at 75. That's the beauty of our bodies. Is is when you start doing the right thing, the way the body responds and starts to heal itself is really amazing.
2: Yeah, it, it truly is. That's what I hope everybody can grasp that. Like, no matter where you, like right now, no matter where you're sitting with your health, know how quickly you can turn it around. Truly, with nutrition first, and that's what we're here for to help you with.
1: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So speaking of helping people, Mm -hmm. let's get back to the phones and see what we've got. We're going to head off to Texas. Wade, welcome to the program. Wade, are you with me? Wade, well, we'll put you back on Mm -hmm. hold. We'll see. It doesn't sound like anybody's there. Let's go to Tennessee. Jason, welcome to the program. Good morning, Kevin, or good afternoon. Good afternoon. What's on your mind today? Can you hear me?
0: Uh, two things, or two things. But I first off I want to say thanks for everything you do. I started keto on the twenty second of October, and I'm already down. Well, up Monday morning. I was down thirty three pounds. Oh, fantastic, so,
2: it's, uh, Yeah,
0: it's amazing. I, I, the two things I called. Uh, I filled out a NutriQ, and and Kim sent that back to me here a couple weeks ago, and. On the chart, it showed me high for cardiovascular stuff. And so I was just kind of wanting to get your take on that and, and maybe what I should be doing different there. And then, you know, you'll see what to do. The rest of it was like upper GI stuff. Right. And uh, being that I'd only been on keto for about a month. I'm kind of going to give that a little more time to see if some of that kind of levels itself out as I go on. Um, cause it seems, I don't seem to have the problems that I used to have in that area. Good. Um, you know, it's gotten better in the last month or so, but the, the cardiovascular does, uh, does concern me just a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> so. so uh, and then the other thing is going to get your opinion on a, on the Apple watch and the heart rate variability stuff with it. Mm. If you've had any research there. Uh, okay,
1: do, let's. Uh, it, you might have to remind me of that one because I'm really focused on your chart right now. You, you've got kind of an interesting chart. Um, you're responding well to keto. That's excellent because a lot of things are going to clear up. So I think it's a good idea. You just do keto for a while. Let's see what fixes itself. There are a couple things we could probably add, though. the The upper GI, the digestive. A lot of things get better with keto or paleo and digestion, but some things don't. Some things can actually get a little worse because we're we're changing the way you're eating. Most people end up eating more protein under keto or paleo. They certainly end up eating a lot more fat, and our body might not be ready for all that. And that's why we see some of these upper GI. I do I don't see a lot. So normally, you know, when it comes to the digestion, there's actually two or three supplements we recommend. I, I think for you, Kim, is it? You got to help me with the zymes again. Does Intenzyme have, have an yeah. HCL? I don't think it does. Does it?
2: No, no, no. It's That's, the Hydrozyme, and I was just going to look to see what we had chatted
0: about. They it did it did recommend the Hydrozyme,
3: mm-hmm. but a lot of
0: the questions that I think that from hearing it. I've listened to almost every one of your podcasts since y'all started this. So uh, from what I've listened to you say, a lot of the problems that are, you, you say relate to Upward GI in the last month have continued to get better. Okay. You know, I don't well, have good. the heartburn. I don't have the, the pain in my chest sometimes from heartburn. A lot of that stuff's going away. So I, that's why I think maybe I want to hold out for maybe just, none of that's going to kill me. It may be a that's little right. bit of discomfort. Yeah. You know, but it's not going to kill me. I think I'd rather clean it up with a diet if I could. But the cardiovascular, I mean, if something happens to your heart, yeah, you, you wake yeah. up dead one morning. I mean, it's one of them things.
4: That's right. You know,
0: see, you yeah. know I, don't, I don't, and that one kind of, that one kind of scared me, you know, yeah. when, you, when the cardiovascular was high, so.
1: Yeah, so. Uh,
2: Kevin, I sent you his, I sent you his nap from that as well.
1: So okay. So, here's what I'm thinking, a- and. Jason, you're right. Digestion, it can fix itself. It sounds like yours might already be fixing itself. Cardiovascular, we almost never address it directly. It's one of those things that it built up, and all of the cardiovascular problems we see build up over time because of a poor diet. They also fix themselves over time because of a good diet. And there's very little we ever do to to address directly address those issues the one thing that came to mind we have one supplement called Intenzyme and if you eat it with food it's a digestive enzyme so it just helps break down the food better helps us get all the nutrients out of it if you take it away from food it's a very powerful anti-inflammatory and cardiovascular disease is inflammatory so it's the one thing we could do to, to maybe start reversing some of the cardiovascular system uh, symptoms and kind of give you a jump start on that. Other than that, I think doing the keto, keeping a really clean diet, you're going to see a lot of things get better. So you could just go without it. You could try that one and you would take it with food sometimes, without food other times. Kind of get a dual benefit from it. The other one that really jumps out for me on your chart, though, is your immune system is off the charts. Um, I'm wondering. And that's
0: what... got, and that got better too since I started keto.
1: Okay, good, good, and and that's a good sign. Yeah. Um, it, it you're you were probably. Um, since you're already seeing the results, we don't need to do it, but you were probably reacting to a lot of foods, is my guess, and that kind of... Over- well, I'm sure
0: I was reacting. Go ahead. Kind of like a lot of the guys on here, you know, you thought you were doing good, you you're you had whole wheat bread in your truck, and you were eating right. that kind of stuff, you know, that's that's kind of where I was at. I thought I was doing good, until so I started listening to everything you've been doing, and some of the books you put out, you told us to listen to, and different things, and... So I put when I, of course, when I started keto. I put the bread and all that away. I mean, I'm very strict carb. About the only thing I have, well, the only thing I got in my refrigerator right now that's carb at all is, is spinach. That is it. I mean, I don't, I don't do any carbs outside of my spinach during the week when I'm gone on the truck. Got it. That is it. Okay. And when I'm home on the weekends, I'll get Brussels sprouts or turnip greens or something like that. But
1: good. Well, the carbs you're eating are excellent, by the way. I would say keep doing what you're doing. If you wanted to try anything, I might throw in the Intenzyme. But other than that, I think you're seeing great results on the keto. So keep checking in with us. Let us know. Um, retake the NutriQ when you, you feel like a lot of the symptoms have gone away. We'll see where you are. We'll be right back. Stick around. I'm Kevin Roth. Welcome back. I'm Kevin Rothford. We're going to get right back to the phone calls. We're going to head off to Missouri. Maria, welcome to the program.
4: How are you guys doing today?
1: Good. What's on your mind?
4: Maria. Well, I was wondering if you could go into specifics for a little bit more detail as to what the benefits are as far as eating bone broth in relationship to the gut healing process. Why is this such an important aspect or part of the heart healing protocol or the gut healing protocol?
1: Got it. Okay, so there are several benefits from bone broth itself and you know, we talk a lot about gut healing, but bone broth is also really good for your immune system. It's really rich in a lot of the minerals that support the immune system. And it's the best form of the minerals we can get. You know, minerals can come in lots of different forms. And some our body absorbs really well, some it doesn't absorb very well at all. The bones themselves are where our, our bodies and animals' bodies store most of the minerals. That's what bones are, minerals. So, when we slow cook or pressure cook those bones uh, either over a long period of time, slow cooking or under high pressure with pressure cooking, and that 's why we also put in some acid like apple cider vinegar or lime or lemon juice, because that acid also helps pull even more minerals out of the bone that 's one huge advantage that that really good for our immune system when it comes to the gut there There are a lot of what are called healing compounds in there. Collagen, glutamine, glycine, proline. Those are nutrients that are almost non-existent in the standard American diet. And bone broth is just loaded with those. And that's the the compounds we're getting out of there that do the gut healing.
4: Does that help? All right. right. So is this something that we should be, if we're in the process of trying to fix our gut, because we have sneaky gut, is this something that we should really push for like a long period of time? What kind of, are we supposed to be feeling a difference? What, What would be the recommendation? I'm assuming.
1: Okay, and, and Maria, when I answer this time, I'm going to put you on hold because you have a lot of background noise, and I feel like I'm shouting over it, and I'm still getting drowned out. So the timeline, you know, there, there's a couple ways we could approach this. One, we don't like to spend everybody's money on a lot of testing, but testing can give us some shortcuts. So sometimes we work with people, and they say, look, I, I'm willing to spend the money. I just I want to do this right. So we could do a fit test so we know which foods to avoid because that can aggravate this. We can do a zonulin test to actually see what your level of leaky gut is. And that would really help us target. Or we can say, look, let's just do a gut healing protocol anyway. Let's skip the test. We'll do a gut healing protocol because, one, there's lots of nutrients in here. It hurts absolutely nothing, and almost everybody needs some gut healing. We sell our gut healing kits in, in two forms, 15-day and 30-day. Almost everybody ends up needing 30 days. But if the first step before you do anything with a gut healing kit, you have to clean up your diet. If we're still eating all the foods that are tearing up your gut, then you'd just be wasting your money on supplements. So the the first step in gut healing is a clean diet. You know, very low carb, no processed foods, certainly no grains. Um, You know, depending on the severity, again, we could go all the way to, you know, like a GAPS diet or a GAPS protocol or an elimination diet. But I find that people can just do a a good paleo or a nutrient-dense keto, and that does a lot of healing. If we don't get it all, then we can also add the gut healing kit. Um, we could go further into an elimination diet. So it really depends on how much trial and error and how much you're willing to work through. But without any testing or anything else, if you went, you know, good clean paleo and the gut healing kit, you would be absolutely amazed at how many things change in. 30 days. Kim, how many, you know, times have we worked with, you know, this kind of a, an approach and the results are just amazing.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's lifelong stuff that you're, we're, we're talking about too, that, you know, like we don't know how long necessarily um, it can take to heal leaky gut, but the things that you do as a part of that can be just benefit you long-term. Like we talk about like the diet and the bone broth, I can see bone broth in your you know your kitchen, your you know truck, whatever for forever because yeah. there's so many good benefits. So um, yeah, nothing. I yeah, just yeah, more and
1: more. Yeah, bone broth is just a really, really nutrient dense food, and it's it, it's nutrients that we don't get in other parts of our diet. It, it's why some form of bone broth existed in almost every society before we had all this processed food. And it's like fermented foods. They went away. We didn't realize how important they were to our diet. So, uh, Marie, I'm going to come back to you and see. Did, does that help? Yes, it does. It really
4: does. Now, is it, I'm assuming, safe to give to our dogs and cats
1: without the call, I'm assuming? Uh, yeah, I, I, we certainly see feed uh, bone broth to diesel Um, diesel eats you know we were told that dogs shouldn't eat people food and that's true because people food was so bad i mean it was so bad we shouldn't even be giving it to the dogs but when you eat a good clean diet especially keto most of the foods you eat would be really good for dogs it's it's much closer to their natural diet kim one of the books i read um, maybe it was Go Wild, I forget, it's been one that I read a while ago, it explained oh. why, mm-hmm. why humans kind of adopted dogs. You know, and, and I know it's hard to believe, I still have a hard time getting my head around this, all dogs are descendants of wolves. How the hell we got from a wolf to a chihuahua that weighs three pounds, I, I have no <laughs> idea how that right. happened. <laughs> You know or a greyhound or a mastiff, or you know dogs are so different but that's but their genes are still almost identical to wolves there there 's very little difference um, and wolves started following people because our digestive system and and our nutritional needs are actually pretty similar now dogs you know don 't need really or wolves dogs don 't need really any carbohydrates. Their their diet is primarily protein, heavy protein, and fat. But, you know, when wolves kill an animal, the first thing they eat are all the organ meats. Um, They chew the bones literally to powder and, and eat the bones. So the dogs, the wolves would eat the same things that we should be eating and that what we used to eat naturally and it was a very symbiotic relationship. And that's kind of why we adopted wolves and they became, you know, our, our kind of standard pet. So it it is good for dogs to eat the same food we eat if we're eating the right food. So if we're eating, you know, good quality proteins and, and you know, grass fed and pasture and people think, oh, my God, you're paying all that money for the stuff you're going to feed it to your dog. Yeah. I do, because it costs almost nothing. You know, I, I cook a couple steaks, or last night I did short ribs uh, for Lisa and I. They were amazing, by the way. Um, and, you know, Diesel gets a little lot of out of all of it. So I, I didn't cook anything extra for him. He just got a little of what we would have eaten anyway. A lot of times we'll pour bone broth over the protein we're giving him, because he likes it that way. So... All of those foods we talk about being really good for us, the one I would stay away from, I would be very, very careful with seafood. I never give seafood to dogs. Um, Fish is okay. Like salmon. Diesel gets salmon. I make uh, a snack for him out of salmon skin that he loves. But stay away from shellfish. So if you eat shrimp or crab or oysters or clams or things like that, which I love and they're nutrient-dense... It's very, very common for a dog to have really strong allergic reactions to shellfish. So I I would stay away from that. But organ meats, absolutely excellent for your dog. Um, The the bone broth is great. Eggs, you know, all of those things would be really good. So with that said, there's the music. We've got to get out of here. We're going to do it again. So we will see you next time. In the meantime, be safe, be profitable, be fit and healthy. Always do the hard work and master the journey. I'm Kevin Rutherford. All right, so we are going to do a second hour. We're going to get to your questions, and I'll tell you right now, um, we actually have a lot of room for questions, so this is your opportunity. Jump in right right now, press 1 on your phone, and I promise we will get to you. In fact, we might not even have enough questions if you don't jump in there. So uh, we'll just go till we run out of questions or we do another hour. Here we go.
3: Your taxes, your truck, and your road to success in the trucking industry. This is Trucking Business and Beyond, the show that puts the money where it belongs. Back in
0: your pocket.
1: Welcome back, or welcome to my world. I'm your host, Kevin Rutherford. The website is Let'sTruck.com. The show is all about the business of trucking, and today is Destination Health. My co-host is Kim Cockerham. We'll take your calls and answer your questions about everything health. Food, fitness, nutrition, diet, lifestyle, exercise, training, drugs, disease, supplements, you name it. We'll talk about it. All you have to do is pick up the phone and call. We're going to get to those calls in just a little bit. Kim, welcome.
2: Hi, Kevin. So glad to be here. You know, one of the,
1: uh, one of the things we talk about a lot, and, you know, I, I just had another call over the weekend. Uh, somebody's sister, I believe, I don't remember the relationship, but um, had some gallbladder pain, and they immediately took it out. And our medical system is very, very good at treating the gallbladder like it's a spare part. And they don't really work very hard to save it. Now, there are times when it's clearly a medical emergency. And if it gets to that point, unfortunately, you do have to take it out. Uh, But I, I would work very, very hard to save a gallbladder. It is not only is it not a spare part, it is extremely important. See, when, when we believed that fat was bad for us and we should be eating a low-fat diet, if we eat a really low-fat diet, we wouldn't even need a gallbladder. But you, you, it, you won't be very healthy. And that's what we've seen. We've, we've seen people get sicker and sicker as we, you know, moved away from fat. Maybe we're finally turning the corner on that. But now we still, you know, we've got to work to save that gallbladder. The gallbladder is, is what allows us to digest fat properly. You know, we, we always talk about the, the digestion issue, that, okay, if you don't have your gallbladder, you're going to take, um, you know, bile salts with your meals. It, it's not a perfect system, though. It, it's almost like trying to manage your blood sugar with insulin. You know, for type 1 diabetics, it's next to impossible to get it right, to take the right amount. Bile salts can be the same way. It's not a perfect system. I would absolutely recommend if you don't have a gallbladder, you should be taking bile salts every time you eat. But people don't, and they don't get the amounts right. And one of the things we haven't talked a lot about you, you tend to find that people without a gallbladder suffer all kinds of weird health symptoms that nobody ever really puts together to figure out why. You know, deficiencies. Talk to women without a gallbladder. They almost always have cracked heels. And, you know, they, mm-hmm. they're they trying to find the, the best cream to fix it. Well, you know, things will help, but it, it, that needs to be fixed from the inside out, not the outside in. They tend to have... Uh, dry, brittle nails and hair, drier skin. When you, when you start, they tend to have sleep issues and more anxiety. And, and when you look at all of these symptoms, nothing seems to make sense until you start looking at each one and saying, okay, what, are, what is a possible cause of that? So cracked heels, your body's low on essential fatty acids because you're not digesting the fat properly. Um, that goes for the hair, the skin, the nails, the anxiety, and some of the other things. What it all comes back to when you start breaking these things down and looking at them is they are all symptoms of a deficiency in four vitamins, A, D, E, and K. And, Kim, why would that be? Why would we be deficient in A, D, E, and K if we don't have a gallbladder? What does that have to do with that? Oh, because
2: we're not digesting them we 're not digesting the
1: fats and those are all fat soluble vitamins you can mm-hmm. eat you can eat foods crazy high in those vitamins. You can take all the supplements you want, but if there isn 't fat available and we 're not emulsifying the fat with bile you 'll never absorb those vitamins and This has been a challenge, and this is why it 's so hard. Um, You know, when we're working with people without a gallbladder, we run into roadblocks. These four vitamins are critically important. In fact, they're now saying we should have never called it vitamin D because it's way more powerful than vitamins. It's actually, it acts much more like a hormone. And, you know, really, really important stuff. And we should be getting D from the sunshine, but this time of year... You know, you're not. So the reason I brought this up, I've looked for solutions to this. And, and, you know, you've got to get somebody to be really, really strict on their bile salts, and that's a lot. I just got a visit yesterday from some wonderful people from Biotics. They actually stopped by um, the house. Oh, wow. Yeah, they actually stopped by the house to uh, wish us a Merry Christmas and... Drop off some gifts, and we do a lot of work with Biotics, and they have some new products. And one of them, as soon as I thought, saw it, I thought, duh, why, why haven't we been doing something like this before? They actually now have a product. It, it's liquid, they're drops, and it's vitamins A, D, E, and K already emulsified in oil.
2: Huh. That's
1: interesting. Is that new? It is new, yeah. Now, they've always okay. had the, the, the bio D emulsion. That's the vitamin D that I recommend, mm-hmm, and it mm-hmm. works really, really well. I've, I've you know looked at people's results when they were very low on vitamin D in a test, and you can now do vitamin D tests at home. We talked about that on the last show. I just did one. I'm waiting for the results to come back. Um, they've always had a a version of this, an oil uh, emulsified vitamin D, and it by far is the best vitamin D I've ever found. Now they went further, and they said, wait a minute, why just do D? Why not do all four of the fat-soluble vitamins already emulsified in fat? So we don't need bile salts to absorb these. They're already emulsified, they're already broken down by the fat and the lipids, and our body just absorbs them. Really simple product, you just put drops on your tongue every day. So for a lot of people, you're probably deficient in these vitamins anyway. People with without a gallbladder are almost always deficient. So uh, we're going to work to get this one into the store. I'm excited about this one.
2: Yeah, very much so. And that's another reason why, too, when we do the NutriQ and we do – and we've gone back and forth about this, too, whether to send out the client recommendations, you know, or not. Um, We always, in the email, we have recommendations when people get the results and they get uh, the recommendations of supplements so forth. You know, give us a call, too, because we we always like to um, look at it, you know, specifically and recommend our baby step approach to it. So that's when you call the show – or emails into support, but because um, that particular wouldn't come out on it. So, right. you know, that's why we always recommend getting a little bit of uh, personal personal contact here.
1: Yeah, yeah. Again, I'm excited about this one. This would this is one I would recommend for everybody without a gallbladder. Just make it a point to take this every day. I think people will be amazed at some of those weird little symptoms that they just live with that nobody knows what they are and. Nobody ever puts it all together to say, hey, wait a minute, you don't have a gallbladder. You're just missing all these fat-soluble vitamins, a- and they're clearly the most important. So excited about that. They had one other product that I thought was interesting. Um what there is something that uh, you read a lot about in natural circles it's there's all kinds of programs on the market it, and you and i don't do it very often we both agree on this we've done it a couple times in what we thought were more extreme cases um what are we talking about i'm putting you on the spot You're testing a lot today, me today. i know i am <laughs>
4: I, you
2: are.
1: I, I just realized that. I always it, think
2: while you're talking. I know. Like, what? <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. We did it with Vic. So, with the
2: adrenals or the detox? Detox. detox.
1: We don't do it much. We, mm-hmm. we and one of the right. reasons why I don't. Um, you went through the detox. Um, it's it, mm-hmm. it's it's a little rough, isn't it?
2: Um. Yeah, but and and the reason why we don't have people do it is that we don't have them do it when they're they're more on the unhealthy side. We try to get them to you know get them healed a bit to do it. That's our big thing with detoxes. Yeah. Um, but I felt like I was okay. So then it was more of like a tightening up, and it was more of a um psychological thing for me too. But personally, I I enjoyed it. I, oh, good. I like the one that we oh, good. we did. Yeah. So
1: yeah. I I think you know. That That kind of a especially if you're not careful to get somebody to the right point before you do the detox, um, it can be pretty rough, and I think that biotics was getting a lot of feedback where you know the detox was a little harsh yeah. um, so they've updated it and I love what they've done, so we'll talk about that oh, nice. when we get back, and then we'll get to your calls and questions. Stick around. I'm Kevin Rothbard. Welcome back. I'm Kevin Rutherford. This is Destination Health. Kim is here with me. So, Kim, they've, they've, they've made a couple changes, and I think they're both really good. One of them is going to be way better for our clients if they do end up doing a detox. Uh, one, they, they've taken out a couple of the components that made it a little more harsh. So it's it, it's not quite as harsh as it used to be. The other thing that they've done, which I think is great for our clients, you know how? Remember it? It comes in that big tub, all the stuff, and you got to measure and mm-hmm. mix. Now they've done all individual packets. Oh, for the
2: uh, the. Two dr- well, there's two drinks, right. yeah. So yeah. They did- okay.
1: The two drinks now come in the individual package. You open up a package, you mix it, you're done. You're not measuring. So for somebody in the okay. truck, that's probably a lot more convenient. So that was uh, another update that I got from them yesterday. Uh, let's see, anything else going on? Anything you can think of? Well,
2: and that's what's that's what's nice about the um, supplements too. They they come in. They have already pre-measured like thirty packs of them, you right? Know, and so right, really nice.
1: Yeah, so There's now not
2: even be more. But. Yeah, now mm-hmm. it's really
1: easy because now you've got you know it, it's all measured out. It's you know you know exactly when you take what you take how much you take when you're done you're done. So it, it's not that we're against detox, but we don't certainly like don't like doing it up front. It's way too harsh on most people, and a lot of times it doesn't work. And many times. By the time we get them to the point where we might do a detox, so many things have fixed themselves that I believe the body detoxes yeah. on its own in a lot of cases. you know, If, if you clear mm-hmm. the pathways, if the diet's nice and clean, if we've taken a fit test and eliminated those, mm-hmm. those reactive foods, by the time we get somebody to the point where we would be comfortable doing a detox, they don't need it anymore a lot of times.
2: Yeah, this is good.
1: Yes, absolutely. So what do you say we get some phone calls? Sounds great. All right, let's start off in North Dakota. Jen, welcome to the program. Hello,
5: how are you?
1: Good. What can I help you with
5: today? Hey, Jen. Good. Um, I had the volume test done, and I got results back, and I was just kind of curious if you go over them with me. I will. They're a little confusing, something. So. They, they,
1: are really, <laughs> they are really confusing. And let me start off by explaining some of the the results we're, we're looking at and why it's confusing. And some of this I'm not going to be able to clear up for you. Nobody can. Um, this lab, okay. the Viome, and I, I talked about, you know, my Viome results. I'm taking my second now, and I'm going to re-up again yep. for another year, and I'm going to pretty radically change my diet again and see how that affects my results i you know I had, I had taken mine after being on a very very clean keto diet for almost two years and i i wish i would have had it before i ever started because i think the results would have been wildly different but i was optimal and almost well i was mm-hmm. optimal in every category which i was excited about but i was towards the lower or middle part of optimal and i'm uh You know, I want to get to the top, so I'm going to figure out a way to get there. When we look at the gut bacteria, this is such new science. Ten years ago, nobody, if you said gut bacteria, they would have looked at you like you had three heads. We had no idea that, first off, we had that much gut bacteria, how important it was. But we also didn't realize that there are thousands of strains. And most of them, 90% of them, we have no idea what they do. We do know there are some good strains. We know there are some bad strains. And then we have a whole bunch that we don't know anything about. But what we do know is this is really the future of medicine. What we thought for a long, long time was that genetics and genes were going to be the future of medicine. And it made sense until we figured out that genetically, we are really, really simple creatures. We, we thought for sure we would have the most complicated genetic code on the planet, and we could not have been more wrong. There are, and this is not a joke, there are worms that are more genetically complicated than we are. And that seems kind of crazy. right. Wow. Yeah, so the yeah. the the company Twenty Three and Me, which does genetic testing, their their the reason for Twenty Three is that's how many pair of chromosomes we have. We only have about twenty three thousand genes. Right. It's not that many. Like I said, there are worms that have thirty thousand. So it really stumped. <laughs> the researchers, and the medical community. Like, if we're not complicated genetically and we can't tie any of these genes to our, all of our disease issues, now what? Well, we were kind of on the right track. It is genetic. The thing is, it's not our genes, though. So if we look at all of the genetic material in your body, all of the DNA, if we look at every bit of it, Only 1% is human. Hmm. I want to let that sink in because, yeah, that's really crazy. We thought genetics were going to solve this. The problem is most of our genetics, 99% of the DNA in our body, of the genetic material, is bacteria. Only 1% is really ours. Only 1% is human. That, I, I repeat that every time I say it because it just I still can't get my head around it. The other crazy thing, and this is probably good news, your genes you're stuck with. I mean, we, we know we can express them, turn them on and off with diet and lifestyle, but we can't really change them. The, the gut bacteria we can mm-hmm. change in 24 hours. So if we, if we have bad results and it's genetic... The good news is we can change most of the genetic material in our body. It's in our gut bacteria. We just don't know much yet. So this company that that you tested with and I did as well, Viome, they have the most sensitive uh, test for this on the planet. Nobody else even comes close. They can test the strain, the 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 species, the, the down three and four levels. So there's all this information, but we're not really sure what to do with a lot of it yet. We're still learning. Um, Right. So the one thing we do want to do is start to move that gauge. You know, you looked at your your gauge where they, you know, give you the little needle and you're in the red or the yellow or the green. We just want to keep moving that to the right. That's what we want to do. And we do it by what we do know. You know that if we eat processed food, that's not good for our gut bacteria. If we eat, uh, you know, foods with high carbohydrates, sugars, and fructose, not good for our gut bacteria. If we eat clean, high fat, um, if we don't take antibiotics, there's a lot of things we can do. If we eat fermented foods, all of those things will start to improve our gut bacteria. So that was one part of it. And again, you know, there's lots of ways we could go about this. We could, you know, make sure there's no leaky gut. We could make sure there's no um, uh, SIBO, eat a good, clean paleo diet. We could make sure we're not, um, you could do a zonulin test to see if you have leaky gut because that's really going to cause problems with gut bacteria. So the way you improve your results on here is all the things we always talk about. The other thing that they tested um, was the metabolic challenge. And what that tells us is how well is your body handling carbohydrates? And it it gives us an idea of how we should uh, be eating as far as a macronutrient balance. Some people can tolerate more carbohydrates Some don't tolerate carbohydrates well at all. And if we don't... So here, this was... I I had to do a lot of digging to figure out this on mine because I don't tolerate carbohydrates. I've done genetic testing to prove that. I did this metabolic challenge to prove it. But yet, I scored really high on the metabolic challenge. So I thought, I'm not understanding how this works. So I, I worked with the people at Viome and I did some research. What happens is they're testing how well your metabolic systems are responding. So because I had been eating a very high-fat, low-carbohydrate diet for two years, my bet- my, the, the metabolic markers were strong. And, but if I were to go back to eating a lot of carbohydrates, my score would start to drop on that. So once you identify mm-hmm. you know, what a good macronutrient balance is for you, the longer you stay in that range, the healthier your metabolic results are going to be. So the the reason is if we eat too many carbohydrates, our body keeps releasing insulin, and then our body becomes more and more resistant to that insulin. That's when you're going to start scoring bad on the metabolic challenge. Does that all make sense?
5: Okay. Yes. Yes
1: okay let me uh let me get to a break because the music's playing i'll come back and i'll see if you have any specific questions because i know i just went over the whole test from a very high level there in general let's see if you have any specific questions about it i can help you with stick around we'll be right back i'm kevin rutherford Back, I'm Kevin Rutherford. This is Destination Health. Kim is here with me, and we are talking with Jen in North Dakota. So, Jen, were there any uh, specific questions I might be able to help you with?
5: Um, there was a couple little things in here, um, like what does this RNA mean?
1: Oh, I'm glad so you that brought was that super up. High. I, yeah. I actually, it's not. It's really low. That they need oh. to fix that chart because that chart is so confusing. Okay. Um, you're actually, yeah, it, I won't even try to go through it cause they, they just need to fix that chart. Okay. What they were looking for there is RNA is similar to DNA. Our RNA will, will help yeah. us identify human cells. So what they're looking for is there, are there a lot of human cells in your gut? And if there are, it's because you have a lot of inflammation in your gut and your body is shedding off those cells. So that's what they're looking for. It gives us the same kind of idea as the zonulin test I just talked about. It's a good indication of, you know, do you have things like leaky gut or Crohn's or ulcerative colitis? If you do, a lot of RNA is going to show up in that sample. You showed up really low. Uh, I did as well, and then when I took the zonulin test, I was in the optimal level on the zonulin test. So, based on your results, there are clearly improvements you could make in your gut bacteria, and there are clearly improvements you could make (laughs) in the metabolic challenge, but the good news is it looks like your gut itself is in good condition. It doesn't look like you have leaky gut or any of the inflammatory-type digestive issues.
5: Okay. Because I do have like a really high um, three-reactive protein when I've taken tests like that. So my inflammation levels are high and I do have a lot of issues with my digestive system. So that's why I was very surprised when that came back,
1: you know, in the lower range
5: versus what I thought it was going to
1: be. Maybe I'll go back and look at it again. Again, I swear they, they, the way they do this chart is really confusing. Um, And there are clearly other things we could look at on digestion for you. Uh, If you're having digestive issues, it may be other things. Um, The zonulin test, I believe, is much more conclusive rather than this RNA. I mean, they test it because already in there doing that, but I'm not wild about the RNA. I think the zonulin is a much, much better indicator of whether we're dealing with leaky gut or not now your inflammation your c-reactive protein that's a great test i love that one yep. but we don't always know where is that inflammation coming from so you may have a healthy right. gut no inflammation in your gut but you could have inflammations in your joints in your heart in you know all kinds of places so if we know that your c-reactive mm-hmm. protein is high we know there's inflammation somewhere. We've got to go figure out what it is and how we're going to address it. So we, we might do, like I say, the zonulin test, see if it's there. Uh, we could look at other symptoms. and and But we also know if C-reactive protein is high, you should probably be on an anti-inflammatory diet to get it down.
5: Right. See, I've done the keto, and I don't, like everybody talks about weight loss with keto. So then when I got these results back, like I never seen any of that. Um, Like I've done a whole 30 and I've never seen any, you know, weight loss with any of that either. Yeah. But like um, my macros on here, what it says, I should be eating less fat than what you probably should. More protein because it's only said 30% fats, 40% protein and 30% complex carbs. Correct, which is
1: kind of what they, they are recommending that I up my protein and decrease my fat a little bit. And I, I fought against it. Now I thought, you know what, I'm never going to know unless I try it. So I'm going to do at least a six-month experience, experiment where I cut my fat down, yeah. increase my protein. I'll take the test again. We'll see what happens. It's the only way I'm going to know. Um, if mm-hmm. you didn't get results on keto... And we, if digestion is right, that's the first place we look, then especially with women, it always comes back to hormone balance. So we have to start finding the, the ways to fix adrenals and pituitary. And if, it, if things are pointing towards thyroid, thyroid's the most complicated of all of them. Then we've got to go do... Um, some more testing and thyroid testing has to be done right. And you have to be looking at it right. So we, we don't jump in right to thyroid first. We look at digestion. We look at some of the other mm-hmm. hormone balances. Can we get those right? Yeah, and those are usually the biggest roadblocks uh, for weight loss with women on keto. Um, yeah, you might, I add a little
2: thing. bit? Go ahead,
1: Kim. sorry. Yeah. Um, we well, well,
2: there are... Darcy had, um, I remember she shared a God, Kevin. This was a while ago, where she she was doing some research on um, hormones and women. That's where we talked about those gentle carbs. Do you remember that? That was a while ago. Yeah. Um, so Jen, when I'm looking at your stuff, even though it says like 30, 30, 40, and it says you can actually go down like um, anywhere between twenty, you know, find your own range. But it's cool yeah. that the complex carbs they do talk about are the ones that you know the sprouted, the sprouted mullet, the sprouted quinoa which is a grain and I looked at your food recommendations that to me was what was fascinating was what it recommended you uh your food list stuff to indulge in or enjoy or avoid and it all looked just really really it's right in line too with a little bit with you know how how we talk but um and any of the any of the grains any of the stuff and is is the sprouted stuff and it was neat to see that they that they did that so the diet wise it looked um looked really good
5: yeah, the first time I looked at it, I was like, "Oh my gosh, I can't eat like anything." <laughs> like, I know, you know, garlic and cabbage and like avocados and things. You know, like heavy cream, like things that you would mm-hmm. use like on keto. And then the second time, I just didn't look at it for a little while. So then when I opened it back up again and looked at it, I'm like, "Oh, this isn't as bad as I thought."
4: Mm-hmm. So but,
1: yeah, yeah, it was
4: it's really interesting. Kind of,
1: And mine was interesting because the foods that it recommends for me are all foods that I do really well on, but they are all very high-fat, high-protein. So mine is like I should be indulging in beef and salmon and a lot of greens. You know, not necessarily a lot of vegetables, certainly almost no fruits, um, but a lot of greens. They had, you know, spinach, kale, broccoli. Um, you know, cabbage, th- those kind of things, but, um, a lot of high fat, high protein foods for me, which is fine because it's all the stuff I eat anyway, and I do feel good. So it, it looks like they nailed right. mine. Yeah, and mine's
5: more like just like bok choy and cucumbers, you know, like my <laughs> vegetables too, like right. indulge in and, um, yeah, there's not, and my meat's more like chicken, so it's the leaner, you know, the white meat. So, right. is what they say in game, meat.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's so, interesting.
5: So, yeah, it's kind of, it'll be interesting to figure out, how, yeah. you know what I mean, just a whole different process again.
1: Yeah, Exactly. So, it, and you're right. There's a lot of information in there. It's almost overwhelming. I have to, I've, I've gone back to mine multiple times, and almost every time I do, I learn more. So now I'm really interested to see what my second test is going to look like. Yeah, that'll
5: be interesting. But um, when you were talking before about, like, hormones and stuff, I don't remember in the NutriQ if my thyroid was one that was scored high. I know my digestive always scored really high, well, almost like off the chart side when I've taken them before. And,
1: and that's, that's really where we would address then. That's probably why you're getting the stall on keto. Um, you know, if we're not digesting food right, then that's going to throw everything off because the whole point is we have to get this nutrition to your body to make all this work. Especially... Um, women who tend to eat a lot more low fat they 've been doing it for decades, their gallbladder just isn 't working anymore, and if they 're not digesting the fat it 's hard to get good results on keto because in order to get into ketosis, we need that fat
5: right and I think that is part of my problem. I know I did like a super low fat you know um, diet for a year or two and then after that that's when i noticed all of my health issues right um and a lot of weight gain back again when you started eating just food yeah even if they were you know right um so there's where i kind of have a problem and i know when you were talking in the last show about like your dry heels and like your skin that's Totally me. Yep. I mean, I can take mm-hmm. all the omega supplements possible, but it doesn't. Won't matter. Help.
1: <laughs> right, right. It, it
5: no, and I've done like an omega test, and
1: I am low. But yeah, yeah, it, and you know, you may think- want to really consider the the new supplement I just talked about, the Bio A D E and K. Um, that's a great way to jumpstart it, and obviously bile salts with your meals. Um, yeah. But it, it, you know, right. getting the entire digestive system working right is really what it takes to turn those things around but it's amazing i've worked with people who've had horribly cracked heels for years or decades and when you get this fixed it goes away completely it's really amazing so do a lot of other things get better too fat really is critically important to our diet and our health We're going to uh, get to a break. We're going to come right back, get to some more calls right after this. Stick around. Kevin Rutherford. Welcome back. I'm Kevin Rutherford. This is Destination Health. Kim, so I I just pulled up uh, Jen's um, Mm -hmm. knack here, and you sent it over to me. This explains everything she just talked about. Um, She does have digestive issues, so we know we're not getting the fat digested, and we're probably not digesting proteins well. Um, Adrenal, pituitary, thyroid, she's off the charts on all three. And also vitamin needs, so those A, D, E, and K, all those symptoms I talked about that show up as vitamin needs. Because all of this revolves around fat and not being able to digest it. And even on keto, you could be eating a lot of this fat, but if you can't digest it, Mm
3: -hmm. all of
1: these things are going to suffer. So we would take the same approach with Jen that we do with a lot of people. Let's fix digestion. You know, let's start there. We have to start being able to digest this fat. And then let's see what else starts to fix itself. Um, the new weapon that I absolutely love in cases like this is going to be this uh, Bio K. Yeah,
2: it looks great. I was looking at it out on a biotic sites. So getting ready to get it into the store.
1: Yeah. Yeah, because again, we keep fighting this hormone issue. And we know that stress plays a big part in this, but we've even had some... The problem with stress, it's so darn hard to measure. You know, we can look at somebody's diet and know exactly what they're doing right or wrong. Stress is so subjective. You ask somebody, do you feel stressed? Some people say, yes, I'm stressed all the time. Maybe they are, maybe they're not. Some people say, oh, no, I don't feel stressed, and yet they are. It's very, very hard to measure. But the more I kept looking at this, the more I kept saying there's something else going on here. There's another component. Well, if we think about it, all of the hormones need building blocks. And most of those building blocks for hormones are the fat-soluble vitamins. So it it might be this vicious circle again. If we're not digesting the fat, we're not getting those Mm -hmm. four vitamins, we're not building the hormones, and the hormones stay out of whack no matter how hard we try to fix them. So I'm really excited about this. I think this is going to give us one more tool that's going to help us.
2: Yeah, I am too. I am too. This looks
1: amazing, actually. Yeah, yeah. I'm glad they brought it out. Let's get back to some calls. Let's go to Minnesota. Dean, welcome to the program.
3: Hi, Kevin. I got a couple questions. You were talking about putting that uh, um, broth I do a lot of soups. Okay. Uh, How much would you put, like, in a soup? Um, I do about, oh, I suppose, uh, two gallons at a time, and then I make them into small containers. If you'd use two gallons, uh, would you pour in, like, a box or part of a box, or how much would you do it? Uh,
1: You mean uh, how much of the bone broth? I'm not sure what you're asking, how much of what?
3: The bone broth would you put in like in, a, in two gallons of uh, soup, chili that I would be making? Oh, okay. Um, okay. Would you Yeah, I,
1: I just you know, Now when you talk put about in extra When you talk about a box, the, the boxed bone broth that you buy at the store, I, I'm not a big fan of that stuff. I, now I use a lot of boxed broth as broths when I cook. Whether it's chicken broth or chicken bone broth. But I don't treat those, the, the stuff that I can buy on the shelf at the store, like bone broth. And I'll tell you why. You can stick that stuff in the refrigerator and it still pours like water. That's a problem. The whole point of bone broth, when I stick homemade bone broth in the refrigerator, it turns to jello. That's what we're looking for. I mean, I literally have to melt it when I take it out of the, the refrigerator. Because it's got all that, you know, all those things we talk about, the collagen, the glutamine, all of those things that we know they're there because that's what makes it gel like that. So I wonder, they call those things bone broth, but I don't get it. They're they're completely thin. They have none of that stuff. They don't have that richness. So go ahead and use it. I use it too, but I, I don't. I don't treat it like I'm really getting bone broth when the way we talk about bone broth. I think that's got to be homemade. I have seen some grocery stores that actually carry it frozen, and it, it's really expensive, and it is homemade um, or made in very small batches, but it, it's really expensive when you can find it. So to really get the benefits of bone broth that we talk about, it's, it, you got to make it. Um, but if it, to answer your question, I use those kind of box broths when I cook all the time. Put as much in as you want. I mean, whatever works good for your recipe. Like in chili, it doesn't take much because I want my chili to be thick. In chicken soup, you know, I can use a lot more broth. Although for all of those things, when I make them at home, chili, any kind of soup, I do really use my homemade bone broth as much as I can. That way, the first off, the flavor's amazing. You get really rich chili, really rich soups. But I'm also getting more and more bone broth when I cook with it, drink with it. You know, it's one of those things that the more you get, the better you're going to feel.
3: Are you going to get any benefits
1: out of... Oh, you were breaking up. Say that again. Uh-oh. But we Dana, yeah, I think we've completely lost him there. We are going to go to Oklahoma. Gary, welcome to the program.
3: Well, hi. See, I just wanted to, I had a gal that I was helping up in Duluth or whatever, well, still am, um, and she gave up smoking, but she went to the e-cigarette, and here she, for over a year, she's been stalled at the same weight, and she kept trying different stuff. And I kept telling her it's her e-cigarette, you know, just jokingly, didn't even think about it. So, here she started reading the ingredients, and so she found one that didn't have any sweetener in it. And she's, she's her belly's finally going, just started going down within a week, not even a week of of changing what she was using. Wow. She said she's not ready to give up her smoking, so... Wow. So there's sugar, there's sweeteners in the in the chemical that they're dumping in that e-cigarette. That's
1: crazy. So I I, I had it wasn't even thinking along those lines, but and I know this is a really controversial topic, and this really pisses some people off. Um, you know they they clearly we need to quit smoking. I mean we know how bad smoking is. Nobody on the planet would argue that anymore, but. Are these e-cigarettes really any better? There's so many reports and so much controversy. One of the things that I see is, is look, I I just can't imagine that any kind of smoke in our lungs over and over and over can be a good thing. I, I just don't see how that could ever be healthy. And lots of the reports... We don't know half the crap they're putting into these liquids. They're all flavored and now sweetened. And it, it, I've I've read that there's you know a hundred times more compounds in the e smoke than there is in regular cigarette smoke. I, I'm afraid that ten years from now we're going to find out the truth, and I, I don't know which way it's going to go. But I, I can't imagine that there aren't negative consequences to these e cigarettes.
3: Yeah, I I agree a hundred percent. You know, I've been trying to get her to get off of them and stuff, but she's she's got a lot of stresses in her life, and that's that's her crutch. You know, so that's she said when you know basically when she's ready, she's gonna yeah. She's but when yeah. she's ready, she's gonna do it.
1: Okay, so, well that's
3: that's that's it, with anybody if you want to do something, it's got to be up to you, nobody else.
1: Absolutely. You know, it's interesting. I didn't know this about sweeteners in there. It's even more interesting, Kim, that. Is it really possible that the sweetener and that smoke could have been blocking keto? That would be a new one on me.
2: Yeah, I mean it's hard telling. You think about it; I mean it's going to get absorbed into your.
1: I know. It's system
2: just, still somehow right, or or your you know just your body's insulin reaction. Yeah. Doing, you know, sweet as soon as they hit, you know, yeah, it's very fascinating.
1: Well, and 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 we have to think about this again. We always talk about. Anything that our body didn't evolve with could cause problems. You know, we evolved over lots and lots of years. We'll just leave it at that. Um, we know that the closer we go back to eating the way we evolved, the healthier we are. Yeah, and when we, when we eat things that aren't real food or our body didn't evolve with, we know we get all kinds of usually very negative consequences. Well, you know they can come out with all the studies they want that that say that these things are better than cigarettes. Maybe they are. Maybe they're not. But I've heard there are thousands of compounds in that smoke, and none of them are things we evolved with. So how can it not create all kinds of havoc in our body? And you're never going to see yeah. you know tests or results that would show all that. But mm-hmm. I, I have a feeling. 10 years from now we're going to find out like a lot of things you know we thought margarine was going to be really good for us now we know better it's happened so many times that's not real it's not natural I wouldn't want it in my body alright we're all out of time thanks Kim thanks everybody and we will see you next time be safe be profitable be fit and healthy always do the hard work and master the journey. I'm Kevin Rutherford.